This is Trash Talk with your host, Garrett the Trash Man. What is up, everybody? Gareth Trashman. Welcome to another episode of Trash Talk. We're super excited today. Brian, we're excited to have you on. Um, I'm excited to hear hear your whole story, so appreciate you coming on today. Happy to be here. So let's let's dive right in. John? To, to, to the old rant? Let's get, let's get these rants rolling, dude. Okay. What you got? Well, my rant is, I've got two, but I think I'm going to go with the one of, like, it's around time. What I want to rant about is time because sometimes I wish there was more hours in the day mm-hmm. because there's a lot to do. But then I've also realized that you, the problem is not that there's not enough time in the day. It's that I'm not using my time well enough. Mm. And as I was actually driving, driving today thinking about it, and it's interesting to me how – when I will like actually look and be like, okay, listen, like what's the best thing I can do with my time? What's the thing that will produce what I want in my life? It's crazy how you do have time. But then if I don't do that, it is crazy how much it will just whip me around like a rag doll and like use me and abuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I found, I was thinking about this just the other day, because like anyone that happens follow me on social media that listens as well probably knows I'm I'm prepping for an Ironman. Yep. Something I've never done at all before, and the volume that it takes to get ready for those, like there's there's this aspect of time where like there's just time you've got to spend doing things, and so what I've really recognized with that time is how much I'll, I'll say like like in a box I've been around my time yeah. like oh this is time for work and it has to happen between these hours and these hours and this is it. time for exercise and this is time for that and i recognize having to address some some of those things it's how much more time can be created too when i'm not living in such a box of time yeah. of like hey i've got to be at work at this time which in a lot of cases some people don't have that choice it's like work starts at this time my boss makes me be there and I've got to be there till that. But even then, I think people would be surprised what they could create if they'd work with their boss. Yeah. And be like, hey, I want to have a little bit more leeway. Sounds like you've been reading four-hour work week. I've read it a few times. <laughs> I think it's interesting with time that, like, it expands to whatever you give it. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you give it two hours, that's how long it's going to take. If you give it mm. 25 minutes, that's how long it's going to take. And not that you can always make something huge take less time. But there's times when it's like, i got nine hours. And then it takes nine hours, take nine even hours. though it doesn't have to. Yeah, I wish I could remember where this quote came from because I'm sure I'm saying it a little bit wrong. But it had to have been one of the first like self-help or like productive or business books I ever read. And I'm, the only thing I remember is written by a lady. But um, one thing she said in the book was, uh, um, it's incredible how much more I can get done in my free time when I work 60 hours a week than when I work 40 hours a week. And I found that to be so true. What? Yeah. Say that again. She was she was surprised with how much more she gets done in her free time when she works sixty hours a week than when she worked forty hours a week. So essentially, like the the restriction of time gave her made her be more productive and actually do things. Where when she had so much of it that it just felt like oh I can always do this another time, she did so much less. I can actually relate to that. Like I've seen that like the more I have going on and, and say like I 
pick up a side project and that's taking up more time, it's incredible how much more I get done on other things mm -hmm. just because I'm in action. Like it's it, like it's a natural correlation of like, oh, well, hey, I already got all this done. Like I might as well get that done. Yeah. Whereas in like if say I'm in like a, a, a time frame where maybe I just finished up a project and I, and like timing's not right and we're waiting to get it like we're working on other things but they're not quite going yet and like i'm just like my day-to-day -day life might be a little bit slower than it typically is i find myself being less productive mm, yeah and i think this is kind of what you were speaking to brian maybe it was maybe it wasn't but it makes me think of jocko uh willings or whatever Willink. willings his kind of tagline yeah awesome have you read his kid's book i have not read his kid's book. me and my son are going through it right now it's so awesome he's That's loving cool. it yeah um but uh the discipline equals freedom. Yep. Like I think that's the book. Oh yeah, right yeah, there. right there. The field manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like I think that's kind of the same concept of like the the structure of discipline. There's actually more freedom in that, and it's like same thing with time. Like if you decide a thing's going to take X amount of time, that's how much time it'll take. If it's going to be nine hours, it's going to be nine hours. And there are some like reality restrictions. I'd say like with my triathlon, like there's times where I just got to. Like if I if I say a five mile run is gonna take eight minutes, like it's just not gonna take eight minutes, even if that's all I allotted for it. It's gonna take, you know, whatever however fast I can actually run it. But I've found with a lot of projects, I'll get it done at whatever time limit I decide to put on it, and I'll take. I think there's also like the principle of momentum, though. You know, as oh, yeah. as you do things, mm -hmm. like it like it keeps you moving on that. I recognize like there's like maybe some stop breaks, like our brains yeah. need to like walk around for a little bit, depending on what you're doing. But when you're doing something, I remember uh, I I tested this theory a few years back, and I I my wife was like, hey, I'm gonna go out of town with the kids, and I was like, sweet, I'm gonna do like 72 hours, like nothing but work. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna literally do nothing besides eat. I'm gonna prep all my meals prior to it. I'm gonna do nothing but work and then sleep, and then work for 72 hours and see how much I can accomplish in 72 hours. And it was incredible what I could do because of the momentum it created. Yeah. Um, but it's also not a sustainable way to live. Sure. But mm -hmm. it's something that you can do in in the momentum kind of cycle that you have. So yeah. it's yeah. fun. Which, yeah, there's lots, yeah. With the time management rant, like I, going off what you said in, in momentum, there's also like different momentums in like life. Like you can get momentum going. And like in business, you can get momentum going. And then if you do something to like stop that momentum or you don't keep it going, it's crazy also how much that can like affect your life. Or like, for example, if you are doing X amount of work in your business and then you stop doing something that was creating that and then getting that momentum going again. Oh, dude, it's way harder to mm -hmm. get new momentum than just keep current momentum going. Yeah, that's true. Love it, dude. Sweet. Yeah, use your time. <laughs> All right, what's on your mind, Brian? Let's hear it. Uh, what's on my mind? I think uh, what's most present on my mind is it's so cool to have it when your spouse, like, digs into a project. Um, my wife and I have had kids, like, I don't know, a bundle of them over the last few years, and so my wife has been digging into gardening. She's always had that be, like, something that she wanted to do. Mm. And now she's like, has the time because, you know, circumstances are a little different. And it's cool to see her like do something that like really is passionate for her. It's kind of fun to see that change in her 
psychologically and like physically just what what it does for i don't know that's been on my mind yeah i i love that and it it brings a question to my mind um and because i know all three of us sitting here have been through a uh um and now i can't even think of what it's called (laughs) the oplg um thing all all of us have been through oplg so there's gonna be a lot of listeners that maybe they're not gonna connect exactly with this but i don't really care we're gonna talk about it anyway um makes me think of the hierarchy of commitments and um so a question comes up for me because I know one of mine, like number two on my hierarchy of commitments is um, my wife living a happy and fulfilled life. And I think creating the space to where your spouse has the opportunity to, uh, to step into those things that like she's really passionate about and uh, do that. I'm curious about your experience. Like what role do you, do you see you played in creating the opportunity for her to step into that uh, something that she was passionate about? Well, I, I, there's the simplistic things of like creating the time and, and taking the kids off of her hands so sure. she can do, do some of that stuff. So there's that piece that I play. Um, but it's also like not, not bugging her when she's like involved in it. Like, I don't know. I feel like over the past several decades or a couple decades, uh, you know, I'm not, I haven't been married that long, I guess, but the last 15 years that, I always get time to dedicate to the things that I want to do. Mm, I always yeah. get time to do like not just work, but the things that I love, you know, yeah. and she doesn't ever bother me about those things. So at least that's, that, that's my experience with my wife. And so when I see her like wrapping her mind around something, it's like, yeah, I can, I can make time to help you just spend the time you want to do on that. You know, and, and it's just kind of fun. Yeah. No, I love that. And and super present for me. So I'm super glad you, you talked about it because I mean, in my world, I can definitely see, like, if I'm going to go do an Ironman, I, I sign up for an Ironman. I don't ask anyone, and then I tell them, oh, yeah, I signed up for an Ironman. Yeah, it's going to be this date. Find us a hotel or whatever. And, like, that that's all there is to it. And I've noticed, like, for my wife, like, when she wants to do something, she's like, hey, what if I could do something? Like, could I do this? Like, um, And it's it's made me awake to it because, um, well, here, here's what I'll say. Like, if you've listened to our podcast, almost every high-performing person that we've talked to talks about um, – their wife or their spouse showing up for them. And usually it's in the realm of business and producing an income for their family and what they want to do with their business. And what it brings me back to is the podcast with Brandon. If anyone hasn't listened to that, I'd really recommend go doing that. But he, uh, one thing he says is, hey, if you're not feeling that support from your wife, the thing to do is to go be that support for her and live as an example and so i think that's awesome that you brought that up because like that's a as lived example like what you're saying there like lands for me as hey that's that's what it might look like as in his example to go do that for your wife to show her hey this is what might look like if you're not feeling that support from her um so i like that it's really interesting we're talking about this because i have a, a great like example of that so like during like the winter like right after the holidays for whatever reason steph like she just really had this need for like she wanted to spend like a lot more time during that period for like those couple months like she wanted to spend a lot of family time together mm-hmm. and she was really like hey like I want you home more and I'm like okay like I'm I'm willing to be home but like I I've committed to a lot recently in, in the domain of work and like I have these the these commitments here and so like we we worked really hard to do that and basically what it came out of it was is not only does she want to spend more family time, but she also wanted help in figuring out the things that she wanted to do mm-hmm. for her. 
And by finding those out, she's what what ended up is she wanted to finish um, some stuff on the house and then get our yard in. And I told her, well, listen, like, I'm all on board with that. How do we make it happen? Like, we've we've we we've got all this other stuff going in where we've we're allocating funds and putting stuff here to make those those investments work. Like, we need to make it happen. And she's like, well, I don't know. I said, hey, look, listen, like, if you want to make this happen. You know, because she's, so she's a real estate agent. It's part of the story here. And I basically told her, listen, four transactions gives you everything you want. And she looked at me. And, like, I still, we were standing in our bathroom, both getting ready to go somewhere. She kind of looks at me. She says, really? I says, yeah, do the math. Lined it all out for her. And she was like, oh, you're right. Guess what? She had four in escrow like that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> clockwork. And it was crazy to me because then all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't need you. <laughs> she's like, like, she's working as much as I am almost, you know. And she also started like playing a lot more softball than she ever used to. Like she started doing all these things and it like, it was weird. Like me spending more time with her, like unlocked this box for her of like, oh, I can go do all the things I want to do and like be happy and fulfilled and still feel like a great mom and still do the things I want to do. And it, it was so crazy to me to see like, over the course of like, oh, no, I need you home all the time, to now it's like, hey, like, I've got games. Go grab the girls and, like, come watch me play because, like, I got stuff going on. Yeah. Awesome. You know what I mean? And, like, I love it because I think you guys could probably relate to this. Like, when your wife is moving and grooving and, like, just killing it, it's, like, one of the most attractive things ever. Yeah. It's fun to watch. It is. Yeah. It's like it's just yeah. It's awesome. I think I think uh, it brings a, a thought to my mind though, is that this is my experience. This is not what everybody else, or maybe this is what every every person in society feels. But why is it that like in my life, like I or a lot of the males that I know can just like go do what they need to do, and yet the females, like you just experienced, your wife can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. but she doesn't live that way until like, oh, I could live that way. And it's like, oh, I could go do the things I want to do and still be a mom and still do all the, th- like, yeah. and I'm not saying that every person needs to do everything on their mind, but like, like it's like a permission thing almost. It's yeah. like, I give myself permission, just like go create and go get things done. Um, and I like, it's not good when you have a, you know, expectation that your family is just going to automatically support you. But when there's that kind of a synergy of like, yeah, like just do what you need to do. Like we're good. It moves faster. Yeah. Well, and I would say like, I almost would want my wife to have the expectation that she'd support me. Like I know, I know being yeah. through like some of the leadership courses we have expectation is kind of like a, yeah. you know, naughty word. That's not agreement. the way. That's still yeah. Be- but, but that would be an indicator to me that like where my, my target of her having my support, like that would be a, be like, oh, she's experiencing that, obviously, or else she wouldn't have that expectation. Yeah, so, success indicator that it, like yeah. it's it's working at some level. Well, yeah. and and to go along with what you said, like there have like we have literally had the conversation of her asking me, well, why is it that you can go do this with your friends and I can't? And I have literally countless times been like i don't care if you go do those things i would prefer you to go do those things be the leader and go make it happen and i don't know what it was finally that all clicked for her and like literally over the last and it's been like it's been a process obviously it wasn't like just a moment thing but over probably the last year 
like she has done so much better about like even just hey like um by the way like i'm gonna be home a little bit later tonight i'm like oh okay what's up she's like oh well me and me and you know uh my sister-in-law on my side of the family like they're gonna go get pedicures she never once would have done that before not once you know or she oh hey you know me and another sister on her side of the family are gonna go get lunch like she never would have done that because she there was a box. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that I think that w- what both you guys are saying rolls into my rant really, really well of what I had on my mind because I've, I've had the same experience of what you said. If it's like, yeah, as a man, you go out and do it. And like and women, it's like they've got to get permission at some time. But I, I also have a suspicion that that may be more in the realm of who I would have, who I know I look to surround myself with on a daily basis. And I would imagine um, who you guys surround yourselves with, and it's probably higher performing people. But I would imagine most people in the world, most male or female, they kind of live like, hey, I've got all these rules on me and I can't, like, I would love to go do these things, but I can't. Yeah. And, uh, like, that's a rule I made in my business is uh, we're not allowed to say can't. Like, if my manager said we can't do that, I, like, they, they know they're going to, they're going to hear it from me because I'm, I don't want to hear that we can't. I want to hear the consequences of if we do. If if we decide that we're no longer going to take trash and put it in the ground, that we're going to shoot it into the space, like we don't want to – we're not going to start from a place of where we can't do that. We're going to start, well, okay, like if we're going to do that, we're going to need to figure out how to like get a rocket and how to fill that rocket. <laughs> we're going to need to see what government agencies are involved in that, <laughs> like if that's a problem. and More than likely going to have to contact Elon Musk. Yeah, we're probably going to need a higher rate too because that's going to be pretty expensive to use that jet fuel, like like whatever it is, you know. But I, and as silly as that example is, um, I think that's a trick that you can play with your mind to just be like, hey, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say can't anymore. Um, and that's, I, I've really been in a place looking at my future where um, it's it's a little bit forced me to step back and say, okay, like when I occur for myself as someone that can go have whatever I want in my life, my experience of myself and my world is completely different than when I'm boxed into whatever I can see right right in front of me or whatever rules I've got set up around it. And so I, I agree with what you said on uh, like my experience has been like with my wife or sounds like what you were saying is like, yeah, go do that. You don't need anyone's permission. Let's go work on your wiring of how we can do it. And I think at a certain level that happens with everyone in life. And so like my rant's just as much to myself as anyone else. Like you can go create and have whatever you want in your life. Like that's, that's such a wild thing. And when, when I recognize that as a truth, it's incredible how, light and exciting life can become than when I'm operating from a place of just like, man, I've just got to get by. And, uh, that's, that's, it's your mind. It's available to everyone. You just got to go in there and start messing with around with the wiring and like connect the wiring that says you can do whatever and yep. disconnect the, uh, the, the camp button. The camp button. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I got to say on that. So, so the sign in your office says you can't say can't. Right. <laughs> no, it says, if you say can't, Garrett's going to slap you across the face. There you go. I still like you can't say can't. <laughs> you really should get that. Yeah, you can't be. say can't. I like that. Love it. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. First of all, thank you, Larson Ways, for sponsoring the podcast, X Media for producing it. Um, world's best trash company, if you don't know. So, you know, we haul trash. 
Absolutely. <laughs> so, Brian, we are going to let you introduce yourself, seeing as it's nice to, in our experience, have people introduce themselves, how they prefer to be introduced. But I just want everybody to know I'm really excited. Um, Brian is one of the most thoughtful and detail-oriented people I've ever met. And it is anytime I deal with Brian, I know what I can count on. And it, he brings a lot of value to the world. So I'm very excited to hear for every all of our listeners to hear more from Brian and hear what he's up to in his life because it's exciting stuff. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll let you introduce yourself, Brian. Well, thanks, John. Um, I am Brian Hatch. I am a husband. I'm a father. Those are the two most important roles that I that I hold in my life, um, and I run a really cool business. So, what we do at my um, my business is we what's help. it called? It's Automate Big, and I'm the founder of Automate Big. Built it from the scratch. And have a cool team that we run, and and what we do is we help entrepreneurs and their teams successfully implement marketing strategies using automated software. And how we do that is we train marketing teams to become rock stars. And we also help people that are like, ah, I'd really like to learn marketing skills or I want to have, you know, be able to work from anywhere in the world or I want to be able to have uh, sustainable work that doesn't have to be happening on the clock from nine to five every day. Um, and we help give them those marketing skill sets and we go release them in the world, help them get clients, job place them. And then we have a whole uh, handful of clients that we take on and do all of their marketing for them. So that's what we do in my business. Sweet. Uh, yeah, and I've got a couple questions with your business, if you don't mind. So one, I'm curious what year you started it. So it's five years ago in a couple of weeks uh, that I started the company as it is. I freelanced before that. Sure. I was I was my own, you know, like solopreneur. Uh-huh. But the team as it exists today, it's it's uh, five years old in just a couple of weeks. All right. So what what like gap in the market or what opportunity did you see that that inspired you to build a team that could could fulfill that? Like you, you talked, I think in what you do, somewhat answers that. But I'm wondering if there's anything more specific where you're like that I could do that better or I could fill that that's not being filled. Well. At a general level, I, I feel like everybody knows that marketing is important, mm-hmm. and yet most people do it averagely or poorly. And I would actually even disagree and say most businesses don't even market. Yeah, yeah. And they say, word of mouth, and but, act like that box is checked. Yeah, yeah. I do marketing by word of mouth, and that's great. You need to. That's part of marketing for sure, but it's only one part of marketing. Mm-hmm. And so for me... Um, I just, I've always felt like marketing makes the world go round. Like if you have created something that is just incredibly amazing and no one knows about it, the value of you creating that thing is zero. Yeah. If Bob over here has one that's half as good, but or is if, able if, to tell everyone but, about it. But regardless of anybody, like if you create something absolutely brand new that no one else has ever created in the, in the world and, yeah. it's, and it really makes a huge difference and you're the only one that knows about it, why did you create it? Yeah. Does and so, and so for me, marketing help solve that. It gets people to know about what you're doing, right? So that's the that's the general level. Like I, I have a passion for that. I feel like yeah. that like that's in everything. That's in the way that you are. That's the way that you operate in your life. That that's still part of marketing, in my opinion. But then the the place where we operate and the differentiators that we have is that far too few people know the skill sets that are necessary to 
do great marketing, digital marketing especially right now. Mm. There's so many, like there are thousands of businesses that are created every week that need help with their marketing and they're not succeeding. Like, the, like you, the, we all know the, the statistics on business that like you fail X percent of the time in the first year, X percent in the next two years, the next five years. And I know the stats are, you know, whatever they want to be. I, I could quote them, but I don't yeah. think that they're always, always valid. But I think part of the reason why is because that they don't have their business set up right and they don't market correctly. Mm-hmm. And so if they had those things solved, it would make a huge difference. Well, it's a, and, and I think you'd, nailed it right there because it could get really complicated or it could seem really complicated but those really are the only two things you either have a business that doesn't make sense as far as your service or your product doesn't make money when it's um uh produced and then sold or you do the service and then paid for or not enough people know about it Mm -hmm. like those are like as as complicated as business can feel or seem like it's really that simple like you got to be able to do what you do and make money at it and people got to know about it like yeah that simple. Yeah. And so when I've done things, I, I remember one of my first clients, he asked me if I could solve a problem for him. And he's like, I, and he was like, had a coding background. Like he was not, not a dummy, like a really smart guy. Wow. And he's like, I've tried to do this. I've tried to do that. And I've asked my buddies and no one can get it done. Do you know how to do it? And I was like, yeah. And so I, I did that. And then, you know, a couple weeks later he launches it and, and he made a lot more than this, but what I did for him made $1.4 million in two weeks. Wow. So, so for me, like when people know that those kind of mechanisms exist, then they can trust people like me to help them, you know, make money, spread their word, do a lot of good. And I've found that just so few people know the skill sets. I mean, I'm hiring, there's people that I hire, I hire, like I'm on my own team. I have a copyright, I have multiple copywriters, I've got a, multiple designers, I've got an operations person, I've got a video editor, I've got an ads team, right? So like that's my own team and we're always looking for more help in those arenas. Mm-hmm. And so, but the, but even the, the people that I find, they're, they're like, well, you know, it's like a million dollars to hire me. Well, that's great. That's wonderful if, if, if every business could, uh, you know, pay a six or seven figure, figure salary, yeah. it'd be great, but it doesn't always happen that way. So more people need to understand the skills. And I just love helping people learn how to be better at marketing. And when my students succeed that there's nothing that brings me more joy. Yeah. So I got a question in that. So just earlier this week, I was talking to a young guy who went to college Thought he was going to become some sort of professional doctor, lawyer. Lawyer, I think he actually was planning on being an orthodontist, and was like, Oof, "Yeah, no, I don't want to do this." So, changed his degree, went and got a degree in uh, some sort of business entrepreneurship, and is now working in a trade that he wants to go into. He wants to become a general contractor, and then and then that dovetail into real estate investment. And as I sat there and talked with him, it was really interesting. So my question to you, Brian, is is take a young guy like that. I think he's 24, 25, wants to do this. You know, he's getting his experience um, by working in the industry he wants to get into right now. And then he's, you know, another two years, he wants to start his own business. From your world that you dwell in, like what would be like two or three of like the basics you would want someone like that to know? Because I think this will help a lot of our listeners as well. Yeah. So as far as I want to get clear on on the person, it's that they're creating some kind of a business on their own mm-hmm. eventually, or if that's what they're working yeah. on now. Or like even if they're on the cusp of doing it. But yeah. 
and they're going to be the owner. Now, do they have a team? No. Okay. So, as a solopreneur, you got to you got to understand the basics of copywriting. Yep. You got to understand the basics of design. You got to understand the basics of advertising. Um, those those three, like everybody needs. There's not a single business that like that doesn't go go into everything that you're going to create on your marketing efforts. So if you understand some level of that, but I, you know, I think of your friend, like he's going to be a general contractor, right? Yeah. Um, so most people that get into their profession, they're like good at their profession, but they're and not good at marketing. Yeah. They're not profession. good at marketing. So, so they, so they look like, Hey, I know how to build the best houses. I know how to do whatever it is that he's going to do. Right. Like I know how to build these things, but how do you get the word out that that's what you do? Yeah. How do you get the opportunity to do it? Yeah. And there's all the traditional of like, you got to network, you got to let people know what you're doing. There's that, but still you got to, that's copywriting. Everything, copywriting means, uh, that's like the words you see on any page, on any website, the words. So when I say copywriting, some people think it's like the little R symbol next to their logo. That's not copywriting. <laughs> copywriting and marketing is writing the words that are being used. Whether and, it's on a post, on your website, how you communicate. Yeah, it. because copywriting goes into that business owner, how he's going to have a unique sales proposition that he communicates to the world. If he doesn't have that basic core understanding of like, hey, I do this for these people without these problems or, or to mitigate these problems, if he has that kind of a statement, that's copywriting and now we can go share that message, right? So that's why copywriting is important. Design, you have to have an understanding of what, what looks good for you. And, you know, a lot of people throw, get, throw together a business and make it look like a sixth grader put the design together. <laughs> or, or it's off brand. They're not taking, they're not taking into account, Hey, what do we want this to communicate? Exactly. And they're just the, kind of throwing stuff up. there. And that's the piece that like, it just happens very fast because we're like, we're trying to get out there and do what we do. And that's fine. It's not like I would never have someone work on all of these things first and then start a business. No, no, no. Start a business and then make sure these are like your priorities because then people never start businesses. There's, there's, there's millions of people that are like, I'm going to start a business next year. I've got my LLC. I've got my logo. I've got all my web design. Like, and then they never launch anything. So I still prefer a person to go do it. But once you do it, you've got to copyright, you've got to design, and you've got to understand how to advertise. Like Those are the three things. That's awesome. You know, it's funny you, you say that the, the whole, um, like even coming up with a logo that actually like fits. Prime example, the home care industry, which I've been in. 90% of home care agencies have some sort of cartoon figure that has like a heart or holding hands <laughs> or a hug, and it literally looks like my six-year-old kindergarten kid drew it. And it is like cheesy, tacky, and just does not look appealing. And it's funny that you say this because I, that, I, like, I refused to have that. Like I was like, no, we are going to have a classy looking logo that is going to have, you know, something that, that admits that like, hey, listen, we're a classy operation. We know what we're doing. We're professional and we're going to treat this seriously because that's a stigma in, in, in that industry of like, hey, yeah, like they typically shoot from the hip. They barely know what's going on. They're terrible at scheduling, yada, yada, yada. Like it's a big, big mess over there. I was like, no, not going to have that. So it's interesting you say that because – I can relate because I've seen it. So, but I've also had that that challenge. Like like, when I began my agency, like there are thousands of good agencies, and there are ten thousand horrible agencies. <laughs> like there just are. There there are a lot of people that will like say like, hey, 
um, you know, I sat down with Garrett. He told me for two hours how to run ads, and now I'm an ads expert. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the kind of crap that happens is because, you know, people go out there and do really fast, and they don't think about what they're creating. We, we, we had yeah. a uh, client that we sat down with, um, and copywriting isn't, isn't anything that we're in um, as far as directly working with our clients. Um, and I'm talking X Media, not a um, – like we mostly do the creative. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of our sticking piece. But what gets me is you saying, yeah, some people will run Facebook ads for someone because they watched uh, one thing on it and they're like, yeah, let's go. Um, and what cracked me up is this client was like, hey, we need you to redo our website because they're reading the website and it's like broken English. It's not making any sense. There's these weird logos going on. Like it's just randomness all over the place. And it's uh, it, it was just a good example of that of like, oh, I can build a website, so I'll build you a website. Like, I know how to use WordPress. There's probably someone that was like, I know how to use WordPress, so I'll build you a website. Um, not taking into consideration, um, yeah, what does it look like to hire a professional copywriter that actually knows what he does and the impact that that actually has. Um, but in, one thing I think is tough for business owners is lots of times it's not a super straight line, especially if you're in the service business. Yep. Not not a product. Product can be a lot easier to track. Oh, hey, I did this and that brought that. Um, but it's not a perfectly straight line of how that lands to either your top line or your bottom line, because it's 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 branding. It's uh it's something that over time builds and brings in more customers. But you change the copyright on your website or on your post or something like that to be way more professional. You're probably not going to see boom tomorrow. Um, but maybe you will. You did give that one example of that uh, that customer you had. Um, but I think you can have both. But I, in my experience, that's been business owners' real real hang-up sometimes to make those changes or really start advertising where they open the door and their level of copywriting, advertising, um, what you're saying is happening but not really on an intentional and professional level. And it's enough that the doors are open and that they are able to do a little bit of business that – it's not a perfectly straight line that when they start doing that the right way um, over five years, you can step back and see the business if you do that with any business, but you may not see that in a month with a lot of businesses. And, and I, I love that you brought that up because marketing is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like it, it needs to be looked at that way in my opinion. Um, and there are like, there's so many low hanging fruit for most businesses that it's like, we tidy that up. Yeah, we can get a 5% lift. We tidy that up, that's a 10% lift. We, we can do those things relatively quickly, but it's the big branding plays that are that are harder to track. Um, I teach direct response marketing, so it's like we're, we're building pages that have a direct call to action to go yeah. like check fun, this out. Like go a watch funnel it. marketing almost. Yeah, yeah. I call it marketing campaigns, but okay. funnels is, is, is what the world uses to, to create that. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, we've got to start with, with uh, the core of like, who are we talking to? Where are they coming from? What's going on with them, and how can we say it in a way that will make it easy for a person to take action? Mm. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to take action. Yeah. That's one thing I hate about the funnel uh, idea is that, like, how many times have you poured water into a funnel and all of it didn't come out the bottom? Yeah, that's true. And all of those come out the bottom. Yeah, and in a business, so it's a funnel with a strainer, I guess. It's it's a it's a, col- <laughs> a colander is what it really yeah. is is uh-huh. what is how it should be explained. Yeah, because I get the idea that it gets smaller. You lose water. You lose water yeah. out those. And so so anyways, but it's a matter of you know using the right perspective to get the end result because branding is a great thing, but I like to I like to look at things like okay what 
Um, we took on a client just uh, this last this last week that I was consulting for, and we're working with them to create really dialed in messages to specific audiences. Like mm. before, it was just kind of like this is our message to like everybody, and and what we're doing is we're saying no 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 we're not saying that's not the message to everybody. This is the message to this small group. This is the message to that small group, and it's not the same. You think it's the same, but it's not. Because these guys are not dealing with the same challenges these guys are. And so as we do that, and then it allows the person that's engaging with this marketing, this you know, this floating marketing thing that we're creating, to be like, oh, yeah, I want to do something about that. As opposed to it, when it's like a general message, it's like, oh, I don't even know what to do with that. Have, have you found it difficult, people that you're consulting, to get clarity on who their audience is? Um, meaning... Uh, being in a place where they would turn down business if someone's not in their core uh, target market. Um, I teach audience research and discovery. Like it's it's really important to understand who you're working with and who you're talking yeah. talking to. Um, and there's always that there's the business there there there's two sides of that coin though. It's like knowing your audience and saying the right things and talking the right way to them so that they respond is really valuable, really important. But then there's the business owner that's like, I just started a business last month. I'm open to more than just a specific niche. Like, yeah. They want, they, you always want to target a specific niche, but if someone's like a little bit outside the box, a business owner typically is going to be like, a brand new business owner is like, I'm willing to take it on mm-hmm. because I'd rather have business than have no business in my niche. Yeah. Right? So, that, so it's kind of like most businesses take everything they can and then they start like start bringing it, bringing it. But yeah, once you ha- it down. yeah, once you've once you've done that, if you're in a business situation, you've been in business for a few years, whatever, you're like, this is our niche. We only work with these people. Well, if you talk to them, and you know, it smells like, tastes like, feels like that kind of person or your audience, then it's going to be easy for people that come to that page that aren't that to be like, oh, this isn't for me. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the the copy. Yeah, and that, that makes me think too. Like I've had a, so I had one uh, one account. One thing you told me at one point was like, hey, yeah. Getting more revenue is kind of like peeing your pants. It feels really good at first, but then you got a mess to clean up, which in a lot of ways <laughs> was like a, the best thing you could have ever told me and really helped me in my business to to work through some things. But at the same time, I've definitely experienced kind of like what you're saying, like revenue also lots of times is just oxygen, where it's like sometimes you don't need that normal, narrow core audience. You need to get whatever you can get because that's oxygen, and then you can keep working to narrow it down to, to be a lot more on point to figure out who makes you the most money? What's that 20% of your audience that's giving you 80% of your revenue and start narrowing it down? But if you start with zero, like 20% of zero is zero. So yeah. like who cares who that 20% is? Yeah. Um, so that makes a lot of sense what you're saying there. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. So out of curiosity, out of all the things you do for your for uh, your clientele and all that, what's the what's your favorite thing to do? Oh man, it's the, my my favorite thing. Like we we launched a program last year that we're teaching people the skills that I possess. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've trained I've trained at a single business twenty different individuals that took over the role that I had. Mm-hmm. Twenty different people, right? Because like the, there's there's so there's so many yeah. so many aspects to marketing, right? I call them I I teach fourteen disciplines of marketing automation, but um, getting getting to your to your question, um, when I take someone like uh, one of my students recently recently graduated my program, and she said, when I heard about what you did, I was interested in the result. I was interested in a flexible schedule that allowed me to make money, um, you know, 
that I didn't have to stop being a mom for, right? But she didn't really understand all the marketing principles at the get out the out of the, out of the gate. But seeing her make money before she graduated, like there's nothing like that's so fun for someone that's kind of like I I'm, I'm kind of trusting you to teach me these marketing things. I, I know that that's a that's a thing in the world, but when my students make money when doing what I'm teaching, there's there's nothing that like that's your makes favorite me part. happy. Oh, that's my absolute well, favorite part. I, I think I understand this, but I want to make sure. So my understanding is you have clients that you consult for, handle their marketing, and I'm sure that can look different for each client or whatever's necessarily needed. And at the same time, uh, another branch of your business is teaching others to do the same thing you do for that. Yeah, we and, can't we can't take on. There's so many people that need our help, and we're like we can't. I can't and, do it at the level that I want to do it at. And and I love that because that comes from an abundant mindset. Like it's so often in business set up like, oh, like I, anyone that starts a business that's in the same uh, category as mine is now my competitor and it's cutthroat and when they have more, I have less. But your business is set up to create more what other people would call quote unquote competitors. Absolutely. But the reality is there's still 80% of businesses. It makes me think so think of gyms like gyms don't need to fight for the guy that's going to mountainside to come to lifetime fitness because only 20 percent of the population even owns a gym membership so go after the 80 percent instead of fighting over the 20 percent and i love that abundant like like you got to approach that abundantly um where it's like yeah you can create quote unquote competitors because there's an infinite amount of businesses that currently and will in the future need this marketing help and yeah, I just think that's freaking awesome because it just comes from such a, such a more open place. I love that. Well, in addition, I find, I find that my students take to different things. Like I'm the 14 disciplines that I teach, I feel very connected to, like, they're not like just whimsical things that I do. Like they're things that are core of what I create inside of the marketing that we do. But some of my students take to certain things more than I do or differently than I do. And sure. they're like, that's, that's their foundation. And then they'll expand a couple of different, those, those, uh, disciplines and serve customers in a different way than I ever would. And yeah, I'm, I, I've heard that. I've heard other people say like, Oh, well you're creating competitors for yourself. It's like, doesn't bother me one bit because you're, you're telling me you haven't had a, had someone that went to, uh, went through your course and then went and took your biggest customer. No, <laughs> no. Cause, cause, cause I'm also not stressed about that. Yeah. And that, but that's, what's crazy because I, I can imagine there's a lot of people out there that that's would be like the rationale that they would go through. Which is like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would my biggest customer be like, oh, I'm working with the teacher. Let me go work with one of his students instead. Like, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. And your student, why would he be like, oh, there's a million businesses I could go after. But let me go after the business. Like, it wouldn't make any sense. But I I can sit back and think I can imagine a conversation just like that hap- or going through someone's head. Like, I can't teach this guy because he's going to take it from me. Yeah. That's how it works here. here. So that that's what makes me the happiest is seeing – People use what I teach them to make money and, and do it really fast. That's awesome. that's my favorite thing. So now my next question is, what's your least favorite thing to do in the world of marketing? Project manage. Man, like I like I have I ha- my right hand person, she is incredible. And she is so fundamental to what we do in my business. Is this uh summary? Summary. Yeah. She is awesome. awesome. Um without her we wouldn't be where we are today. We just wouldn't. So that's, for me, I like to work on the strategy, map it out. Here we go. Let's get it done. And then let's go and get that done. 
and and that's what summary <laughs> summary summary makes that happen. Um, there are things that I do for our clients that that's that's my role. That's the lane that I'm in, um, and a lot of that is the the picture, like it's the strat- strategic end. Mm-hmm. But I'm also come from doing all of the things. Yeah. Like I I can still do all of the things. There's not a single thing that I have my team do that I couldn't do. I just don't want to do it all. And it's mind-numbing to try to do it all. Yeah. And that's, but you got to think, that's the, that's the position of the business owner. The business owner that's running their business and they're like, I'm the marketing person as well. Like that's a 40 to 50 hour job, a, a week job. Mm-hmm. If you're and doing it right. If, if you're doing it with the intent that I have, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that everybody needs my intent in order to do it fine. But if you want to do great, you, you got to put focus to it. So yeah, there's different, different aspects to that. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I, I would imagine something that's got to be uh, uh, just coming from my field where, like, it's a uh, a necessary evil, I suppose. It's it's something that people don't probably think about, but no one's excited to pay their, pay their trash bill. It's something that you just have to do because you've got trash that needs to go away. Um, where your business, like, I hear that, and it sounds like something that would be really exciting because it's like we, like, you pay for yourself. Like I'm coming with an opportunity that just makes sense. I'll make you more money. Give me a little bit of that money, and like we both win, yeah. um, which I think is uh, awesome. And it's not like every business has that to an extent. Like people have their trash; they don't want their trash anymore. We take it. It's a win-win, but it's a lot less exciting than uh, like, wow, I just grew my business twenty-five percent. This is awesome. Like my whole life has changed. Um, so I'd imagine you kind of get that that high maybe from like, oh, you got students that are. Uh, um, making money now, you kind of get that with your clients as well because you're giving them similar to the same experience. I teach, I teach that you know if you really want to have a, a great career and you don't know what you want to do, uh, it's it comes down to do something that helps produce sales because now you're a profit center. Yeah. Like every other role in a company is is a cost center. Yep. Like as you know, like even customer service, which is extremely important. I'm not. I'm not degrading any role in any company, but you're a cost. Like we need you. There's a reason why the salesmen always get, get yeah. treated best. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you can be a part of the sales machine, which marketing is, then you're in a, you're in a good spot. Right. And if you're doing something that, that like few people know how to do, that's vital. Like that's job security. Um, and that's, that's part of the, what I feel like we, we bring to the table is when you understand the skills and you can do those things for businesses, then you're setting yourself up for success long-term. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So I'm curious. Um, it sounds like you've got a lot going on. If if you've got these courses going, you've got these clients going. What do you see is what is is there a next hill or next mountain you're looking to climb with your business, or what do you see next out there? Well, yeah, we we go through and take all of our students through cohorts, like that we batch them into groups mm-hmm. and small groups. Like we're not like a 200 court 200 student course. You know, like a college course where you're like bubble checking, like you actually have to do the work to create the market that we do. But small groups, we take them through cohorts. Um, in 2023, next year, we're going to be launching uh, an online version of the course that still is coupled with feedback. Like that's the thing that I'll never get away from. And I think that's the biggest differentiator between me and, like you can go to YouTube and learn things, but yeah. you, it doesn't mean you're good at it. Yeah. yeah. What we do is we make Isn't sure you're good truth. at it. Like like you 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 can but it doesn't mean that you're actually good at building the page. You're not good at the copywriting. You're not good at the design. You're not good at the ads. It doesn't mean you're good at those things. So so for me, it's a feedback loop is what we call it. But that's what we're, that's that's our hurdle for 2023. 
2022 is just diving in with our students and we've got courses that happen um, almost monthly yeah as uh, as time permits there so yeah that's awesome yeah wow how many how, how big of groups are you doing four to eight students wow. so it's a real hands-on approach I mean we go over the homework in in great detail um, you know people learn a lesson or two about what they shouldn't do and don't always like that that sting, but it's way better to learn that sting with me in class than it is to learn it with a client. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, small groups, the intent is to stay really, really small with those. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you do you use the same principles to market for your company that you teach for other companies to market with? Yeah. Yeah, the, the same like the same documents that I produce for my clients, the same things that I'm teaching my students are the same things that we use in our business. Like it's not, um, yeah, we're drinking from our own Kool-Aid yeah. for sure. And I love that. And, and I ask that because I you can't. You drink the Kool-Aid? <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many uh, marketing companies or especially digital marketing companies I've had at my business that come and drop off a flyer or different things like that. And I'm like, why are you telling me to hire you to do my digital marketing when you're coming in? I don't know what to call the marketing of you coming and dropping off a flyer, but uh, and it's not like, hey, if that's the best way to get customer, that's the best way to get customer. I get everything's a little bit different, but I'm like, you're preaching that digital marketing is the way I should go, <laughs> and you're just, and you're up just up. showing up in my office. Like, this is crazy to me, and that's just been something that's always made me laugh because I probably get, I don't know, four or five of those companies that stop by a year, and yeah, it just makes me chuckle. I'm like, dude, you're, you're asking me to do it, and you're not even – that's not even how you reached out to me. Yeah, yeah. So um, I find that there's challenges that are that are specific to industries. There are like, there's a lot of challenges in different industries, and like we run ads to our own funnel that, as sure. you called it, marketing campaign that runs to a webinar that gets us appointments that yeah. get on our calendar and we talk with them and then we pitch them our our stuff. So it's not we're we're definitely doing the same things we teach our our students to do, and there are different challenges in every in- industry that it's like okay. Yes, do these things, and let's focus here as well. So yeah, yeah, I love that. So I have a, another question for you. When it comes to the future, like the future of your business and how you want it to be, are you the type of person that would rather? Because there's there's different ways you can go about it. Are you the type of person that wants to take his 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 business and you know scale it 10x and make it huge and massive, or are you more so the type that wants to really get very clear and concise about like what he wants to do and like really delve into the nitty gritty of it. Cause there's like, and maybe I'm not phrasing my question as, as good as I could have, but there's those who want to just be like as big as they possibly can, because that's sure what they ought to do. And sometimes like if they're really clear about it, that's great. And, and, and it's really good. Or are you more so the type that like wants to really focus and be like really clear, like, Hey, this is what we want to do in the marketing world instead of just marketing everything. Yeah. I seek connection. Like that's, that's what kind of is my guiding star is connection. Um, I don't anticipate, like there's different ways to build big. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe the way that you would describe it, like our, our course and teaching people how to learn marketing skills that will be big. That, yeah. that, that is what our intent is. And that's how you're, you're seeing that growth. But, but it's still through connection. Like I'm, I'm not looking to create and fill 300 person classes in a very non-connected way. That's kind of like, uh, I hope you learn this stuff, man. It's like, I'm, it's a monologue. Like that doesn't work for me. That's not what I'm after. 
because I want to produce, like there's outcomes that I want to produce. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, it all stems on connection versus, you know, turning this into a, you know, 100, 1,000 person organization. and Growth and con and you fill up an yeah. arena that. Uh, that, th- that doesn't speak to me. And I'm yeah. not saying the business could never go there with the leadership as we bring it on in, in, in the future. But for me, it's all driven by connection. And if we're connecting with our people and we're seeing them be successful and we can reproduce that in other ways that grow the business and phenomenal let's keep that keep that intent but it's all about connection so maybe that's like a a, a gray way of answering your question but that's definitely how i would describe it i just hope that like our listeners can hear what you just said though because it's it it, it's by no means like oh no i'm just gonna like stay the size i am and be content but like you know if you really think about okay so if you get four to eight people in a class and you really get down to the to the basics and have them really understand how to be a good marketer, like the impact that they can go out and have is massive versus someone who, like you said, watched YouTube videos or went to a 200-person class. And that can like – I could totally see how that could really blow up in a way that like you still get your connection and like it could be big, like yeah. really big. So I hope people that are listening can actually like hear that and, and realize like there's different ways to go about it. Like you got clear on what you wanted and it can still be just as big as you want it to be. It's just different. Yeah. It's in its own way. Yeah. So well I, put. I found that very interesting. <laughs> so I'm looking around here since I've got here looking at books, sitting in somewhat of a library. So I got to ask, what uh, what books are you reading now? Uh, what books would you recommend to anyone? Sorry, all right, shut that off. Um, uh, we good on, what What was that? Two? Okay, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, we'll do this to wrap it up. What books would you uh, um, recommend? Which which ones are you reading right now? Which are you like, hey, these are my staples? Um, I'm seeing books, so, yeah, let's let's hear your book recommendations. Yeah, I, I, I do make a habit of reading quite a bit of nonfiction. Um, so that's my repertoire. Mm-hmm. Although I do have some fiction books that have been like I've read with my kids recently that I I don't think that are so juvenile that they wouldn't be awesome to yeah. recommend. But as far as my nonfiction, there my go-to's um, it is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Okay, that's one of my absolute favorites that I read at least once a year. Like it's always there. Um, the War of Art mm. by Stephen Pressfield. I love that. It's a quick, it's a quick read and quick listen. If you do audiobooks, um, I like listening to that one a little more because of the way that the the uh, person reads it. Okay. Uh, which I think is a lot of fun. And then um, the third changes. Those are the those are the two staples. Where's my third one that I'm that I'm thinking of in my head here? Um, one of one of my favorites is. Brain fart. No, I have it in my. I can see the the, um, the motivation manifesto by Bryn Richard. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Those are the, those are the three. That I that I that I read more often. Um, and then I've you know I pick up books from industry people that are in my industry, people that are around my industry, marketing kind of style stuff as well that I like. But yeah, those are the three kind of go tos. And I'd be interested to hear about these nonfictions, which because because I've actually found a lot of. Uh, I mean, I, I spent years never reading nonfiction because um, it was just, I don't know, I wanted stuff that actually helped me, yada, yada. But I've found 
a lot of value reading fiction as of late, like a lot of uh, inspiration and different things that's come from uh, from fiction. Um, so I'm curious, what uh, what uh, fiction books would you recommend as well? The man, it, it like I'm an adult and I loved this book series. It's called the Wingfeather Saga. Like it was it was impactful. Like truly, truly impactful to me and my family when we read it together. I read it with my oldest daughter, hmm. and I'll reread that same series with my kids as they get a little bit older and can read along with me. Um, that's that's bar none my favorite series that I've read. I've never heard of that. I'm gonna have to yeah, have to look I, into I, it. I absolutely love it. It's something that I recommend to everybody. We so we always <laughs> all growing up, we read many ser- different series of books. My mom read to us all the time, and yeah, that and was that's, great. Like family thing the intent that I had with that when I when I pulled up these books I found them is I was like hope that I could get my daughter into reading because as a kid I didn't like reading Mm -hmm. I thought it was like a waste of time it was lame and then going through school I read what I had to read and I hated that as well because like you must read this book yeah I didn't get to pick anything and once I got out of college I was like I get to pick what I want to read this is great (laughs) and uh and so as we read these, this is it's like over fifteen hundred pages. Like it's a big, I mean, for an eight year old, that's yeah, a pretty yeah, big, it's a big, pretty book. big serial. It was a big book. And uh, and now she like when we're like driving in the car, she's reading. Hmm. Like I'm stoked that my child is reading to herself or her sister that sits next to her. Like I don't know, like fifty, sixty percent of the time when we're out, and I just I love that. And I never was that kid. I was the kid that like avoided reading at all costs. Yeah. Like book well, report. and a lot of the alter- alternatives. Um, nowadays too could be a lot worse yeah. like uh that's a lot better than being on t- scrolling through tiktok yeah. like the the kid that's scrolling through tiktok 50 percent of the time the kid that's reading they're they're gonna have vastly different lives they're on yeah. vastly different trajectories. I, I attribute to reading a lot as a kid as a big help like it it definitely just helped in people skills ability to communicate like and I didn't read a book till I went on my mission <laughs> and decided I should probably read the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, so book reading is, is important and uh, definitely want my kids to be doing that. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be paying them to read certain books. So. Awesome. Love it. Just got to get a little older. Well, um, yeah, we'll wrap this up. Um, I do wonder if someone's interested in what you're saying, your class, want to find more information, where do they go to get more information on what, what you talked about today? Yeah, automatebig.com. Okay. That's where you go. Everything's right there as far as like getting understanding of what we do and how we do it. So, All yeah. right, automatebig.com. Love yeah. it. Notice uh, how he sent them to a website uh, uh. On, online. <laughs> <laughs> go to my flyer at <laughs> Staples. I'll mail, I'll mail you my business card. <laughs> if you can walk into Staples, you'll see in the upper left corner a sponsored banner. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, though, man. <laughs> There's a lot of that out there. <laughs> All right. Appreciate everyone listening. Um, if you've got anything out of this podcast, share it with someone else so they can get something out of it. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks for having me.